1: Welcome to the Under Center podcast, and we're fortunate enough to be rejoined by Kyrie Thompson. Follow him at KDThompson5, reporter for WDEEI out in Boston, reporting on the Patriots. How are you doing, Kyrie? I'm doing excellently, or as Cam Newton used to say back in the day, I'm impeccable. <laughs> Love it. Look, speaking of how impeccable you are, you probably pop up on my thread three to four times a week. And I mean, I don't follow much Patriots stuff, but you pop up. So I think it was yesterday or the day before, I saw you going at Patriots fans about Bailey Zappi and them talking about trading Mac Jones. And it was funny... Being that here in Chicago, we're always looking for a quarterback. Now, mind you, I don't want either Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. But one, let us know from the outside looking in about the quarterback. And I'm putting up quotes. Controversy taking place with Mac Jones injured and Bailey Zappi slaying a couple of bums uh, this past couple of games. Bum slayer.
2: Well, 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 I'll tell you what. Elite bum slayers. Uh, but, But I'll tell you this. Quick anecdote. I was on a live stream with one of my friends when uh, the 2021 draft was happening and the bears moved up and he was asking, it has gotta be for Justin Fields. Right. And I said, I ain't trading up for no bleeping Mac Jones. It's like, (laughs) it better be Justin Fields. That's how I felt about it. And I'll say this Mac Jones. I mean, Clearly played good football last year. I mean, like, from from the jump. I mean, he was, he was clearly, you know, showed himself that he belonged in the NFL, that he was starting caliber. And, yeah, it's been a little bit shaky to start the season, but I do feel like people are overblowing how bad Mac Jones has been. Um, it was rough the first couple of weeks, and then really against Baltimore, he had one of the best games of his career, especially in terms of just – him showing evolution as a downfield thrower. He made some throws in there that I don't know that people thought Mac Jones had in his tool bag. And then he gets hurt, and Bailey Zappi comes in and basically plays like what Mac Jones did last year. So essentially what you're seeing now is, is uh, people are falling in love with the sequel of Mac Jones, not, <laughs> almost like not even realizing that that's what they're doing. They're, they're lusting for what they had last year in their rookie quarterback and the the pitfalls of all that are probably going to be pretty similar right eventually teams are going to figure that out they're going to scheme for bailey zappy and things are going to get tougher and then they're going to start wondering oh maybe he wasn't it just the same as, as things happened last year so you know what i i view it as to me there's not a quarterback controversy involved here there's just not i think mac jones and people say yeah there, there doesn't seem to be as big of a difference as we thought Maybe that's true to an extent. At the same time, I've watched these guys play for months now, and I can tell you that Mac Jones is without a doubt a better quarterback <laughs> than Bailey Zappi. He made he made four or five throws in that Baltimore game, like in the first half alone, that Bailey Zappi cannot make right now in the NFL. And so when, when I look at it, I say when Mac Jones is back, he should be your starting quarterback. You can maybe have him on a short leash and say, hey, Mac Jones – you should be taking notes on how Bailey Zappi's running the offense because he's just doing what what we're telling him to do. He's not trying to play outside of that. That's what you should be doing. At the same time, if you want any shot of competing in this division meaningfully against the better teams that you're actually going to have to score points against, not you know Jared Goff and the fraudulent Lions offense or Jacoby Brissett led Cleveland Browns. If you want to play against a real NFL team, you need Mac Jones, not Bailey Zappi.
0: Yeah, I want Kyrie. I want to. A- ask you about the offensive evolution through six games because it felt like when Mac Jones was in there Matt Patricia and Joe Judge were still kind of finding what they wanted the offense to be and Mac made a couple mistakes being what fans wanted him to be last year and then Mm -hmm. he gets hurt and then they kind of evolve and Bailey Zappi runs the offense now it's like hey Mac Jones could actually probably run what they do now better than what Bailey Zappi's doing so how has the offense evolved under Matt Patricia?
2: Yeah, like I said, Mac Jones basically ran this offense last yeah, year. Right. <laughs> I mean, and, and I mean, he, yeah, I, I think there's nothing that Bailey Zappi is doing right now. People might disagree with this, and I vehemently disagree back <laughs> that Mac Jones could do anything Bailey Zappi is doing right now. But there are some things that Mac Jones can do that Bailey Zappi can't. Weirdly enough, like in terms of arm strength, uh, you know, even though neither one of them has an elite arm. But yeah, I think that in the beginning, and it, it's still a work in progress, but. Matt Patricia and, and this offensive staff hadn't figured out how to use motion very well so they, they were kind of middle of the pack towards the low end in terms of just using motion and there was no motion at the snap so you had no players getting momentum out into the flat or you know get, getting out like getting matchup problems. Now they've started to work that in a little bit and, and starting to get players in more advantageous situations, getting the ball out of their playmakers' hands a little bit more, not not you know being like, okay, let's take a bunch of shots down the field, which I think they did want Mac Jones to do a little bit more of. It, now it's more of just, okay, ball control. We're going to run the football with Ramondre Stevenson, who is awesome, big fan of him. And, and I, I think that some of the play calls themselves specifically have continued to get better. So I do think that this is they're at a place right now where maybe they've been able to figure out against bad teams, you know, bad defensive teams, but they're able to figure out a little bit more of who they are, who they want to be, how they can be successful. And that has benefited Bailey Zappi a lot. Now, again, Mac Jones can play this style, but I also think that he likes to play more out of shotgun and spread it around and air it out a little bit more than they've had to do or, you know, had Bailey Zappi doing. So things will change a bit more. But I think the core principles are probably going to look a little bit more similar to what Bailey Zappi is doing right now because that's what's working. Now, traditionally in
3: the NFL, it, it takes a little while for these young quarterbacks to find success. That's what we're seeing with Justin Fields, what we're seeing with Zach Wilson. You know, I could go on and on and on with young QBs and like having to find their way a little bit. But now the Patriots have done it back to back with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi as you're kind of talking about having this kind of instant success. Now you can say. They were bum slayers or whatever for Bailey Zappi. But, you know, bottom line, both quarterbacks played pretty well right out the gate. So what are the Patriots doing to allow two rookie quarterbacks in a row
2: to play well in the NFL? Well, some of it is the type of quarterbacks that they're bringing in, right? So a guy like Trevor Lawrence, perhaps, is... is you know, he could succeed anywhere because not just the physical tools, but also um, the, the processing is a tick faster than some of his other peers. Uh, you know, save maybe Mac Jones. Um, and, and he's been able to throw a little bit more with anticipation and he's a little bit more evolved as a passer than, say, a Justin Fields or a Zach Wilson is right now. I mean, Zach Wilson can throw it all over the joint, but his decision making is, is hilariously questionable. And I never really thought that he was worth the number two overall pick. But again, you gamble on upside. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, you gamble on upside, though I think, again, Justin Fields is better than either Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. Um, There's a lot of consternation there about the fact that it took him that long to get picked. But – that that's a situation where you that's a project, okay? That's something you got to work on a little bit more, okay? Yeah, maybe you you got to tailor your offense a little bit more to that. Whereas Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi are a little bit more of, hey, they're not going to run around a whole lot. That's not their game. They're about spreading the ball around. Be accurate. Be quick. Get the ball out of your hands. That's what we succeeded with for the last twenty years. Not saying they are Tom Brady because they're definitely not. But that's the style of quarterback that they have worked well with in the past. And so that allows them to be a little bit more plug and play in the system. And then Josh McDaniels being able to help Mac Jones along the way that he did last year and and just be a good teacher of that scheme. This year, I think it's been really interesting to see Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, Bill Belichick, whatever this offensive conglomerate that they're doing, the way that they are, they've are, they been able to go back a little bit to last year's system and be like, okay, this is what works with, with this young guy. We think he can run this right now. And bam, just having success. I think ultimately that's it. That's what Bill Belichick is typically valued. It's not all about physical tools and can he throw the ball out of the stadium or, or throw it... 50 yards across his body perfectly on the line. It's about, can he do the right things before the snap to get the ball where he needs to go after the snap? I think that's
1: ultimately what has made these guys so good. Kyrie, let me ask you this. Is there a feeling in Foxborough, perhaps in the New England area, that why stick with the old model when none of these guys are as anywhere close to how great the old model was in the NFL now where – you don't necessarily have to be a running quarterback, but you can be Joe Burrow, a guy with a yeah. nice arm that does have some athletic appeal to him that can get out and protect himself, rather than sticking to uh, Mac Jones and the Zappy, where I don't see them reaching the heights of a Tom Brady, and how are you going to get back to winning championships if you have a mid to say least quarterback and you're trying to force everything around him to be better compared to the days when brady could rise everyone around him and put them on a whole nother level
2: i guess that's the interesting thing you didn't know tom brady was tom brady until he became tom brady and in a way that's what a lot of fans are pointing to oh yeah maybe this is our drew bledsoe tom brady moment I don't really see that to be honest with you. And I mean, you hear some of the reports of guys who've been around a while that said Bill Belichick kind of knew that Tom Brady was it and that they wanted to play him, but they just had Drew Bledsoe on a massive contract. So there's a whole saga behind that. This is different, right? These are two young quarterbacks whom we don't know what their ceiling is yet. And I think there's this idea that hey, we can keep we we show that we can win with quarterbacks like this. Why not just keep it going? Why why reinvent the wheel and do something completely different? And in a way, they kind of had a taste of what that was like with Cam Newton that one year in 2020, and it didn't really work out well for them in terms of their offensive production. But, yeah, to answer your question, yes, a lot of people are starting to wonder, look, we had Tom Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time, doing it his way, but no one else can really duplicate that. When are we going to get with the times and get these – athletic big armed guys that can threaten the field from anywhere right in this division there's josh allen one of the two or three best quarterbacks in football might be the best one if you want to look at it that way so a lot of patriots fans are looking at and saying why can't we have that guy right and so I don't know that that's something that Bill Belichick is going to magically be like, oh, yeah, the next next draft, we're going to go ahead and do it. I mean, he's been doing this for a long time. He's 70 years old. I think he has this way of doing things and what he values. But it does make you wonder, is the future going to look a little bit different in terms of quarterback, especially if Mac Jones doesn't work out? We've seen this year the Patriots trend a little bit more towards – you know, maybe less NFL-ready prospects. You know, guys like Tyquan Thornton, who are really fast, but don't have the NFL body yet, or Cole Strange, who need a little bit of seasoning. So, who knows? Maybe down the road, that could change. But as of right now, I think they want to win the way they know that they can win, and how they've won in the past. Patrick Mahomes, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Stop. <laughs>
0: maybe, go, maybe go all day in my house. Uh, Kyrie, as as gentlemen who cover a team with uh, massive offensive line issues, especially at the tackle position, I want to talk about the Patriots' offensive line and their tackle issues. Isaiah Wynn has given up 13 pressures in six games. Trent Brown, 13 pressures in six games. What's the status of the Patriots' offensive line other than Michael Onwenu being really good?
2: Yeah, Michael Onwenu is a beast. Yep. And, I mean – uh, David Andrews is, you know, as reliable as it gets at center. He's really the anchor that holds it all down. Cole Strange, I think, has been getting better and better every game, uh, especially in pass protection, because his, his ability to get out and move in the run game, they use him as a puller a lot. They use him to reach blockers in the outside zone game. I mean, that that brother can move, I mean, for sure. And so he, he's been getting more and more comfortable. Trent Brown... The, the, the pressure numbers, I think, belie how good he's actually been because he gets a lot of tough assignments. He had Miles Garrett a lot of that game th- this past game, and, and he only gave up one sack, I want to say. So, I mean, Trent Brown's been good. I mean, he had a really rough first week, and, and he's had a couple of patches here and there where you're like, uh, I don't I don't know uh, about that. I feel a little iffy about it, but by and large, he's been really good. Isaiah Wynn's been the weak link mm-hmm. by far. And this is the second game in a row, this Browns game, and then it happened earlier in the year where he he got, you know, kind of bench slash started rotating in with Marcus Cannon, who was a practice squad L of AT. He used to be the Patriots right tackle, and he's not able to move the way that he used to. He gets still run blocked, but as a pass protector, he needs a lot of help. So there's a bit of, you know, They're they're compromised a bit on the right side of the offensive line. If the Bears are going to attack any place, that's got to be it. You could also run some games in Cole Strange's direction and see if you could catch him off guard, because though I think his and Kurt Brown's chemistry has gotten better with time, they've been gotten a couple of times because the rookie is a rookie, and he hasn't seen everything, and he's still kind of learning. But I think that if you you wanted to, to, to switch things up, I would almost say... Why not run Robert Quinn over Isaiah Wynn or Marcus Cannon more than you normally would? Because normally you'd line up off the the right defensive, you know, right defensive end. Yep. But maybe you should switch that up because you could definitely get some some wins on that side of things.
0: Well, we're still putting out an APB for Robert Quinn. We're not sure yeah. he's on the team yet. Thanks. Yeah.
3: Um, hey, this
2: hey, this might be a good slump buster. We'll say, we we've been
0: saying that for about three weeks
3: now, yeah. uh, so we'll see. I want to touch on former Pat here, Nikhil Harry. Now, for fans who haven't seen our old Nikhil Harry episode, go check that out for sure because we went in pretty deep on Nikhil Harry when he was initially traded. But for fans who missed that episode and for fans who may not know, why didn't things work out with Nikhil Harry with the Patriots, and then what can Bears fans expect? Uh, when he takes the field this Monday, is I think we all expect him to finally take the field this Monday. Blocking,
2: yes, a lot of blocking <sighs> from Nikhil Harry, great blocker, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, you know, you know, what? I think they should actually try him out at actually try him out at left guard because <laughs> <Sure>. just just <laughs> sure. imagine that Bill Belichick would be like, man, they figured out how to use him before I did. Exactly. <laughs> oh. You know, no, that would really grind his gears. But look, I think that when it comes to Nikhil Harry. A lot of it was just that he, he he's a big, big-bodied guy with 6'4", 230 pounds, that quintessential basketball player playing wide receiver. He can box you out and, and, and all that. Big, physical, strong. But he couldn't separate from anybody. He can't run. And so it, it, it's hard to be an elite wide receiver when you just straight up can't escape from anyone not a great route runner and i think that all the, the the biggest issue and you've heard some uh reports that maybe his practice habits weren't as good as they should have been uh, even though obviously he's willing to do the dirty work in the run game and that was really how he saw the field last season when he came back from from injury so injuries were an issue but i think the biggest thing was just his first year he couldn't get tom brady's trust and tom brady basically froze him out at least that that's how it looked to a lot of us And just wouldn't throw him the football, wouldn't, it's like pass would clang off his hands in practice or a game. And basically Tom Brady's like, nope, don't got any time for you. And I think that just from there, it was an uphill battle for him. And you would make one or two plays in practice where you're like, oh. That's the Nikhil Harry we've been waiting to see, right? And it would usually happen in one-on-ones, not unlike what it sounded like it happened in in Bears camp, where, oh, yeah, you throw a back shoulder ball, he can go up and jump over it. Great, that's Nikhil Harry. That's what we've all been wanting to see. And then you get him on -on 11-on-11s, and he ain't doing nothing. So I think that, all in all, don't expect too much from Nikhil Harry. I mean, I could see him. I mean, he could well be the second-best receiver on this team, which is not saying a whole lot. But maybe this is a a situation where he gets a little bit more opportunity. Maybe he gets to catch a couple of slants. Maybe Justin Fields chucks it down there and and just say, hey, Nikhil, go get it. Make a play. His best play from last season was exactly that. Mac Jones late in the game against the Indianapolis Colts just says, you know what, whatever, man. He's Nikhil's down there somewhere, chucks it up, and Nikhil makes a crab. You thought it could be a turning point, it never was. So, I, I think temper your expectations for Nikhil Harry. Don't treat this like you've gotten a first round pick that you know, a, a diamond in the rough that nobody saw, but it can't be any worse than what they've already
1: got at wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> Under <laughs> Center Podcast I mean, with Kyrie Thompson, a Patriots reporter for WEEI. Kyrie, look, sticking with the offense, how well or how how well is Matt Patricia stuck to the running game? and How well is the run blocking? Because the Bears outside of last week have been real susceptible to getting run on, which is unusual for a Bears team. Are you guys, do the Patriots stick with the run? And of course, with Bill Belichick going with your strengths, this is going to be something they try to exploit this upcoming Monday night. Running the football is their strength, and I mean, yes, you could say, look, they, uh,
2: the Patriots threw the football really well last year because the Brown the or last week because the Browns sold out against the run. They were like, you know what, we are going to stop Ramondre Stevenson. We are going to try to make Bailey Zappi beat us. And by and large, I mean, you take away the thirty-one yard touchdown that Ramondre Stevenson had last week. It more or less worked. They just couldn't stop the pass. That, that was the only other issue. And they, could, they couldn't get to Bailey's happy and they couldn't stop the pass. So, yes, to answer your question, the Patriots are absolutely going to run the football. They're going to run it a lot. They are not going to give up on it, even if it gets stopped up, even if Ramondre Stevens is having tough sledding in there, because that's what they do the best. Okay? Isaiah Wynn has not been very good in pass protection, but he can still run block. He's, he's been graded much, much, much better as a run blocker than as a pass protector. Cole Strange, Trent Brown, all of them love getting downhill, and they can do it in a variety of ways. They can beat you straight up the gut, just with you know combo blocks, run it right at you. They can get out on the edge with somebody like Cole Strange and, and get out there and, and press the edge with outside zone. They love running crack toss. That's one of their favorite plays. And they'll they'll get Ramondre Stevenson, and Damian Harris, whatever, any of those guys out there on the edge. And they love running power, with, especially with Cole Strange. So they are going to come straight downhill at this Bears team because, I mean, they'll have seen the film. They know that the Bears can get run on. So that's absolutely the first thing they're going to try to do. I mean, I, I talked about it with Cole Strange once, and he's like, look, man, that's the first thing that we want to do. When, when we get in the game, is, is that we want to impose our will. And they've been doing it pretty well. And I imagine that's the first thing that they are going to do against the Bears. Because look, the Bears' pass defense, despite not having a pass rush, is not that bad. And so I think that they're going to try to soften that up before they take to the air.
0: Speaking of pass defenses, Kyrie, I want you to talk to us about Jack Jones. He's been, he's been oh, incredible. He's been, he's been incredible. Patriots cornerback. Uh, he's 24 targets, only 12 catches given up. He's been. Lockdown. I think it's fourth round pick, right? Fourth round pick. Fourth round pick. J.C.
2: Jackson. Who? Yeah. What? Well, he got uh, he got benched last night. Uh huh. <laughs> and see, that that was the thing. I w- I remember being at the NFL Combine when the news was was starting to break that J.C. Jackson was probably going to hit free agency, and the Patriots fans were losing their minds about what is Bill Belichick doing. And then they draft a. They don't draft a cornerback first in in this past year's draft. What's Bill Belichick doing? And they find Jack Jones in the fourth round, and he just comes in and has been, look, I, I knew it from the first time I saw him take the field. I mean, his ball skills, his energy, his physicality for a little guy especially in terms of, of jamming up, getting in your face. I mean, he locked up Amari Cooper down the sideline on a, on a deep route. I mean, he's letting the, the Cleveland Browns fans hear it. This guy is no joke. His footwork is incredible, and I think that's one thing that Justin Fields and, and Luke Getzey and all of them need to be very wary about. If you want to test Jack Jones... You better put that ball in the safest place you possibly can because he is coming downhill with bad intentions. He is gonna try to pick your pocket every single time. There there is there is not a, a shred of passiveness in this guy's game. And and I think again, just just the the raw ability that he has to to run a route like he was running it for the receiver and pick off Aaron Rodgers, take it for six, and then to, to be able to do it in zone coverage the very next week where he, he's he's coming off the hash mark and jumping to the sidelines and and just making a catch like a wide receiver. I mean, he's dangerous. The thing is, though, it's not just him. Marcus Jones, the third-round pick, came in in the slot, played a lot of slot Uh, you know, with um, Jonathan Jones. Oh, my goodness, so many Joneses the jo- on the team. The Jones brothers. Uh, with, 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 with Jonathan Jones, the veteran Jones, being out, Marcus Jones comes in, and he's strapping people up. Jalen Mills... Um, I think he's he's gotten kind of a bad rap at times. He's better than what people thought he was originally going to be when he came out of uh you know came out of Philadelphia. So look, these cornerbacks are not to be trifled with. They are not pushovers. And then you talk about the safeties they've got. That's the best position group on the team. I mean, they are everywhere, they do everything. So look, this secondary is not going to be easy for the Chicago Bears to throw against at all. They do need to try and, and stretch the field a little bit. They can be susceptible every now and again uh, to, to getting beat with tight ends, so they're going to have to try to use that, but be careful when you're taking your chances because they can turn it around on you.
3: It's fun to watch. I mean, if you love defense, it is, it's fun to watch. I want to zoom out for a second, though. We hear a lot about the Patriots' way and you know how Bill Belichick is is running that organization, But but for fans who don't know or for those who don't know what, what is the Patriots way? What does that really mean?
2: Well, to, to distill it down, basically there, there is freedom within the, the constraints of the Patriot way to kind of you know be yourself a little bit and have fun and, and and stuff. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a complete football robot at all times, but especially when you're talking to the media, when you represent this team off the field, you do it in a certain way and, and you and you stick to that because it's all business. This is the most business-like team that probably that there is in the NFL. I mean, these guys show up. I mean, they're, they, they'll they be gracious with you. They'll give you their time, but they're not going to tell you a whole lot about, about scheme. They're not even really going to bother with the coach speak a lot. They're just going to be like, look, you know, I'm just blessed to be here. I'm blessed to play this game that I love, you know, go team. That's all. It's what it's all about. is It's all about the team. It's not about me. It's like, man, they really brainwash these guys very well. But, but I mean, there there there's room for guys to be like Matthew Judon, where you come in and you and you have a little bit more fun with it. But in the end, it's all business. There's an expectation that you come in, you get your work done, and you give it everything that you've got. And your attention to detail, I think, that's probably the thing that doesn't get talked about as much attention to detail we've seen with the chicago bears you know under met negi and, and such where some of the situational things and the attention to detail was lacking and that's how you lose bad and you, that's how you lose games in a bad way and you be a bad team patriots by and large they don't play like that they i mean they might not have the most talented team in the league but they are going to most of the time out execute you outsmart you and and just generally be more prepared Than you. And I think that's really what it is. In the end, you come in this building, you better be prepared to do everything possible to be the best version of yourself and beat
1: your opponent. Okay. Because anything less, you ain't going to play. Kyrie, you mentioned Matthew Judon and you talked about the DBs, but what about the front seven? And how can the Bears? I was going to ask you, how do you think they will attack the Bears? But I think that's simple once you watch the film. How can the Bears (laughs) attack? The Patriots' defense and what parts can they exploit if they're so thorough in the backfield? Will they be able to run the ball? How well is the run protection, I mean, the run defense, been? How can the Bears take advantage of this Patriots team on the defensive side this Monday night?
2: Well, I would say running the football is going to be something that they should do because the Patriots have kind of like a, you know, back half of the league run defense. They're not particularly great at it. And, you know, Matthew Judon is, is a really good pass rusher and, and he played a stout game against the Browns, a very good Browns offensive line. But at times he breaks, you know, he'll, he'll give up contain on the outside. The linebackers are not super fast. Uh, you know, Jawan Bentley and, and Jelani Tavai and Mac Wilson has a lot of speed, but I I mean, by and large, they're they're a big thumping group. They'll come up and they'll stone you at the line of scrimmage. But if you can get them moving side to side, and you can get the edge on them. You can kind of have them a little bit that way. So I think that it, especially in the interior of the uh, of the uh, defensive line, Lawrence Guy, you know, being able to to come back soon and and anchor things up the middle, that could be really big for this team for the for the Patriots I I should say against the Chicago Bears but Christian Barmore potentially being out could be massive because that's their best interior player If he's not able to be in there clogging up running lanes and and rushing the passer from the inside that could really help the Bears I mean not that I think they're going to do a whole lot better necessarily against uh, the likes of you know Lawrence Guy and Carl Davis who's really good interior backup but it'll help because Barmore is a really tough guy to block so I think that if they're if they're going to do it, they need to press the edges against this defense, exploit a little bit of the lack of speed, at least in in the in the linebacking core, and and maybe you know try to get at Dietrich Wise a little bit uh, because he's, he's played very well opposite Matthew Judon, but even then he's not necessarily elite. I think you can run at him with the likes of Braxton Jones, who's been a good run blocker, and and get some of these guys out on the perimeter. That's what I would do. If I were game planning against the Patriots and then use play action off of that and something that the Bears have not done a whole lot of that they probably should think about doing run Justin Fields, because in that game that they lost again, the Patriots lost to the Baltimore Ravens. They did a great job bottling up the Baltimore Ravens until the second half when they decided to start running Lamar Jackson more and then things started to fall apart. And they were getting gashed. And I think that if they committed to doing a little bit more of that with Justin Fields this week, it could help.
1: All right, real quick, let me get your prediction. Also, are we sure who the quarterback is going to be Monday night? Will it be Zappy or will it be Mac Jones? We are not
2: sure. I will tell you that Mac Jones has been pushing really hard to play. There was a chance for him to play last week. Uh, He was listed as questionable, but it sounds like that Saturday that they decided that they were going to go ahead and play Bailey's happy because Mac Jones wasn't quite feeling ready yet. Um, There's going to be a little bit more time for Jones to get ready if he does want to keep on trying to play, which I believe he does. But I feel like if you had to ask me, it's probably going to be Bailey's happy on Monday. I think they're going to give Mac Jones a little bit more time to get to 100%. To me, he's not close yet. He's still favoring that ankle. So if you want to play it safe, play Zappy. What what prediction? I mean, I I would have to say the Patriots are probably going to win this game. I don't see a whole lot of avenues for the Bears uh, to be able to, to, to win it, at least like to win it convincingly. Again, I will say... As with every other game this year, Justin Fields is probably going to have to be the difference, and in particular, it's going to be his legs, because the Patriots have not always defended quarterbacks well that can get out of the pocket and, and can run. Lamar Jackson being chief among them, he foiled them on a couple of occasions to convert third downs, both by, by running for them and just by getting out of the pocket, making throws down the field, and again in the second half using him on design quarterback runs really killed the Patriots. And I think that that's something they should try to do at the same time. I mean, their pass defense is so good. And I think that the Bears defense by and large, I mean, the pass defense is fine, but they're probably going to get run on a little bit. They're going to have to sell out to stop the run. And then, they might catch a little case of zappy fever. Once they do that, we'll see.
0: Oh, not It's this, contagious. Not the zappy fever. <laughs> it's contagious.
1: Too contagious. Too <laughs> contagious. Look, Kyrie, we always appreciate you joining us. We look forward to talking to you again down the line. Keep everything up, and, man, just have a good day. Yes, indeed, gentlemen. Till next time. Till next time. All right, that's it for the Under Center podcast. Watch the entire episode on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, hit us with the five star. We always just appreciate you taking a little bit of time with us.